The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there's spoilers and and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch National Treasure Book of Secrets. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Ice cold Coors Light. Also with us is Mugga. How you doing, Mugs? What up? What are you drinking today? Just an ultra beer. All right. Uh, Also uh, returning to the podcast is Erica. Uh, How you doing, Erica? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, What are you drinking today? Water. Perfect. And rounding out the panel today is TJ. Welcome back, TJ. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. What are you drinking? Also water. Perfect. <laughs> Got us. Was it dry January? Dry Sober. January. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Dry January. Dry January. Dry January. Dry, yeah, no. Yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, we are talking about National Treasure: Book of Secrets, uh, released December twenty first, two thousand seven. It stars Nick Cage, Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha, John Voight, Harvey Keitel, Ed Harris, Bruce Greenwood, and Helen Mirren. It's directed by John Turtletob and it's written by Cormac Wibberley and Marianne Wibberley, and it's distributed by. Walt Disney Studios motion pictures. Before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga hit us with the financials. All right, so this is obviously the sequel to the first National Treasure. This made a lot of money. Um, domestically, it brought in about $220 million. Internationally, a little over $239 million. So worldwide, you're looking at $450 million around that on a budget of only $130 million. So, so very successful, around $327 million profit-wise. Um, comparing this to the first one, though, it did roughly around $116 million better, which is ironic because I don't think this is better than the first yeah, one, which no. we'll get into and all that. But it, it beat it in opening weekend um, as well as domestic and a worldwide box office. I personally feel it's the carryover from the success of the first film, and that's how it was. But uh, but very, very successful it debuted at number one with a little over $44 million for the opening weekend. Um, there were some good movies um, to top it off. I think, when was this uh, debuted? I believe it was in the Christmas time, right? Yeah, it was uh, Be- December. Yeah, because in the theater still at number 19 was The Polar Express, which oh. I have to give a shout out. I love that movie. I know Jason thinks it's creepy. Yeah, I won't people. watch it. I've never seen it. I like it. I, I really do like it. I try watching it, but it is creepy. Yeah. It's weird. It's I, don't, like, I don't find it creepy. I don't know. I like it. Wait, it's not that it looks too real, but it looks... It's the Uncanny really? Valley. It's the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. That's, that's the Tom Hanks one. It's like right? not a cartoon. I, I don't know. But I don't it's not like real. It. It's like Beowulf. It's like ugh. Which was yeah. also in yeah. theaters it's at like number Beowulf. 20. It was all the theaters. <laughs> number 20. Um, I have to give a shout out to this movie. Number 12, No Country for Old Men. You guys remember yeah. that movie? That was an amazing movie. Uh, Juno was in theaters. Um, but Juno. getting into the top five, Sweeney Todd was number five. Charlie Wilson's War was number four. Um, Alvin the Chipmunks number three. But uh, I Am Legend was number two. A Ooh. Will Smith film. Hell yeah. yeah. It's trash. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really like that movie. After Independence I, Day, you said you got to respect Will Smith. In Pursuit of Happiness. No, no, you said you said. No, no, as an actor, I will respect him, but I don't think I Am Legend is that good. Okay. I heard yeah. I Am Legend, well, I didn't hear. Eric told me because he's reading the book, and it's completely different from the movie. They're okay. vampires instead of zombies. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I have not read the book, so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this made, it made a lot of money, uh, more successful than the first one. Um, we'll get into it down the road, but Kerwin, would you consider this a franchise yet with just the two? There's talks about a third one, which Jason and I will kind of get into, but I don't know. It's just like a sequel, right? It's like it's like Ace Ventura just had a sequel. I don't think it's a franchise yet. I think I think you got to have at least three movies at to least be three. a franchise. I would agree, so. I have a bad feeling that they're going to go like 
way back in time or something too. I've read different things and ideas. Three. Yeah, I don't know. Or it's aliens. Gonna, it's gonna be funky. Or page forty-seven. Well, we'll get into all that. Yeah. We'll get into okay. all that. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was the financials. Very successful film. Um, I believe Jason and I have talked about this. This was greenlit right away after the success of the first film, which is why you know, like they saw, hey, it was a huge money maker. But uh, but yeah, very successful. And those are the financials. All right, Jason, uh, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics, 36% of them liked it. An average rating of 4.79 out of 10. With 130 ratings, 47 fresh, 83 rotten. The audience was a little more generous. Uh, 67% gave it 3.5 out of 5 or higher. With an average rating of 3.64. With over about a million and a half ratings. So A million and a half? Yeah. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people rated this. Which huh. is, yeah, I think... We did Fifty Shades uh, Freed. I think it was like under 6,000. Wow. Damn. Yeah, a lot of ratings on this. But, I mean, it was really successful, so mm. it's not a piece of shit like um, <laughs> Fifty Shades. So a couple fun reviews that I read on there. Um, so not only do they have people that you know write for newspapers or different things, they also have like um, super reviewers, or they're deemed that on Rotten Tomatoes. So a little different this time. This one, his name, they, it's just Matt M. They don't tell the last name. Uh, he says, maybe this movie is fun, but ridiculous plot and bad acting killed all possibilities of this movie being something more. Bad acting? Yeah. Come These on. are Emmy Award winners. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nick Cage has an Oscar. I'm their Oscar hairs. winners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Nick Helen Cage. Mirren? Nick Cage overacts like a motherfucker. Dude, John, I love him, though. John Voight was in Transformers. He's done a lot more than that. <laughs> sure, he has mugs. <laughs> he was Franklin D. Roosevelt in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, but he was. Which he referenced him in this movie. He was. Neat, right? Wow, no, tiny. there's more. But he's, that's a clue. That's the, a clue. Yeah, but he's. We're going to find the national treasure yeah. now. <laughs> no, he's Secretary of Defense in Transformers. He's also the coach on Varsity Blues. Nah, he's Transformers, he is? man. Yes. What's his name? Bud? Coach, whatever. I you watch Varsity Blues? Yeah, but what I don't remember did? it that well. Okay, um, I don't know his name. He's the coach. I don't know his name in that, but like, what did Optimus call him? He was also Mission Impossible, the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, that's what I. Oh, like. that you give credit to. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, another super reviewer, Jamie C, says just as good as the first in getting you gripped into the film. Maybe not as clever as the first, but still very good. I agree with that. That's the one I agree with. Um, IMDb was six point five out of ten with uh, two hundred eighteen thousand reviews. Um, not a lot of disparity between the demographics. I don't. I like this and I don't like it. So like the females, uh, 18 and under, uh, gave it a 7.9, which is the highest rating. But there was only six reviews. Um, but something like uh, the lowest one, let me see, uh, was males under 18. There's only 44, 6.1. So the average was 6.5. So it, it's not a lot of disparity. Uh, but yeah, that's the reviews. All right, cool. So to start this off, this original movie. National Treasure was not meant to have a sequel. I know you kind of said where they, it looked like they were friends. I don't think they ever meant to do it right, but with the success of it, so, like, as well as it did, they immediately uh, greenlit a second film, right? And I. It was within months. Within with, months. Within yeah. months of the, the release of the original. And I, yeah. You will get into it. I really don't think they had a plan. I think they just said, hey, let's make another one and let's just, like, Hollywood it up. And so Jason did some research on the actual treasure itself that they're trying to find, that city of gold. Or what do they call it? Like uh, Cibola. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I think he's going to go into that first, and then I'll get into some other stuff. But yeah, I have go a ahead. Question. Yeah. Is that city of gold the same or 
is El Dorado the city of gold or is El Dorado like in a different country? That's in South America, isn't South it? South America? Yeah. Okay, I don't oh know. Gosh, so many cities of gold. I know, yeah. like why don't we have any of that gold? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to get into, like like Mugga was saying, there, there's not a lot on this movie, um, but there are there are some things, especially about this treasure in this city of gold, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit, and then some about the script. So I, I never knew this, but Dan Dillman, he's like an actual treasure hunter. Uh, he's the grandson of uh, Ray Dillman, who really started to be on this pursuit of this this so-called city of gold or Cibola, whatever you want to call it. And uh, they, they, they call it Montezuma's treasure uh, or the lost city of gold. So they've actually put out an 80-minute documentary about everything that they've done over the last 40 years they've been looking for this and it's like in the southwest area primarily around the four corners where uh was it colorado new mexico arizona and utah meet right there but there's an 80 minute documentary about what they've done reenactments of what they're doing photos newly discovered artifacts but the whole thing revolves around these secrets of these stone tablets and I guess that's what really kicked off. And these, these, these were discovered in 1949, but the Dillmans really used these to kind of give credibility to uh, their treasure hunt and saying, hey, we found these, uh, we deciphered them, uh, we believe that there is this Cibola this or this, this Montezuma's treasure. Like I said, they were discovered in 1949. They were created, I guess, by someone named Cabeza de Vaca. And uh, they use these tablets as like, Nick Cage kind of does with the clues uh, to find different. They found multiple different archaeological sites all over the Southwest. They hope that these will lead them to this Montezuma's treasure, Aslam or Cibola. They have a couple different names, uh, but the this treasure has been sought after. I didn't know this for over 500 years, so this is something that's not new. Even like I said, they found the tablets. Um, was it 70 years ago? But they, this search for this city has been going on for a long time. So, like I said, Dan and his family, this is what they do, just searching for this treasure. They hope that the theories become true one day. But when this movie um, was presented and he saw it, uh, Dan Dillman states in quotes, I was excited to see that the new National Treasure movie is based on the facts and the information found in the first installment of our multi-series documentaries, uh, Secrets of the Stone Tablets and Search of Montezuma's Treasure. He says, the success of National Treasure Book of Secrets can only help to promote our DVD and at the same time allow us to educate and expand upon all the detail left out of the fictional film in regards to Montezuma's treasure and the lost city of gold or Cibola as it's called. Uh, I'm very proud to be bringing our amazing family quest for truth to the attention of the world in the hopes of educating, enlightening, and inspi inspiring children and families to the fact that it's full of undiscovered treasures, truth, and mysteries waiting to be unearthed. Um, but like I said earlier, uh, a lot of what they search for are in this Southwest. And the ultimate goal is to find this Cibola or this lost city of gold uh, to help prove what his family's been working on for 40 years is actually true. But yeah, that's, that's kind of some of behind the scenes. I kind of like that it's based off of something real. Yeah. I'm there, yeah. I didn't take the time to look for this 80 minute documentary. It sounds like it's a part of a series, uh, but it is based off something, I don't know, it's interesting. But like Muggs was saying, the script outside of this, because I feel like this was almost a reaction to the movie, um, because this is something that I, I think a lot of people have heard of here and there, um, but I don't know if it was the inspiration this guy's journey doing this. Uh, but the script came from the the Weberleys, 
which I have never really heard of. Have you guys heard of them? No, never. No. Okay, so it's a it's a husband and a wife that are uh, scriptwriters, and they've been doing it since 1991. I I'll go over some of the stuff they've done. The Sixth Day. Do you guys know what The Sixth Day is? Arnold. Yeah. Arnold. Okay. It's when he's cloned and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, not a great movie. Uh, I Spy. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. Oh, oh no. shit. Bad Boys 2. Amazing movie. National Treasure. Shit movie. The Shaggy Dog. Never seen it. Book of Secrets. We'll get to that. G-Force. About the hamsters. <laughs> Is it oh. really about the hamsters? Yes. Can we, hamsters. can we please review that movie? <laughs> I'm scrolling through. One of the websites I was looking up, that was the only credit. <laughs> Was oh, G-Force, shit. and I was like, oh no, this is the only other movie they've done? Oh, Thank God they've done other things. And then there's another movie, or it's actually TV, it was a common law, but okay. yeah, the G-Force thing made me laugh, because it's just this little icon of these little hamsters, and I'm like, oh no. I know, we oh, do it, we're it doing a hamster movie. <laughs> Same crew doing that movie. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the Wibberleys, they, they did the script. I found a website, uh, I forget what it was called now, but... They, they were quoted saying National Treasure 2 was a, a go movie before a single word had been written so it was a completely different process Yeah. so just kind of saying proving true what we were talking about earlier like this is literally just a reaction to the success of the first one uh, in quotes Nick Cage had a slot and Disney had a release date all they needed was a script this timeline was so insane that we and Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio decided to break the story together. Then we wrote the first draft. Ted and Terry jumped in throughout the process to help us hone scenes and dialogue. I know Mug and I were talking earlier. There's a two-part behind the scenes on YouTube. And when they're in Cibola, they just directly talk about, hey, like, we got to write this these lines on, on the spot. We'll get into it. Um, but they said, hey, we're going to add water to this city of gold. Now go write a situation where these characters have to deal with the water and it's like kind of bullshit it's like wait a minute you're literally writing it yeah, as you're building along. a set so they really didn't we'll get into all that but yeah yeah so the, the end of the quote was we were on the project all the way through till post until the wga strike happened i forgot that that happened mm-hmm. the writer strike um we ended up picketing the sony lot where they were cutting the movie so like the movie had already been shot they were in, uh, in post and that's when they they left the project but everything else was already done so there's also a novel that was written. Uh, Disney Press published an official novelization of the screenplay titled National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, on November 6th, 2007. So it was like right before the movie came out. Yeah. So I just thought that was really odd. Like it wasn't an inspiration for the movie or it was yeah. something. I don't know. It's just like a cash grab. I don't know what it was. So, okay. So this book is just a novelization of the movie then, right? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a handful of um, differences, but not not a lot. Yeah, because usually, like, most franchises will do that. Like, Star Wars does that. There's always a novel version of every movie that comes out, and it usually comes out either right before or right after the movie's released. I have the Star Wars William Shakespeare, The Jedi Doth Spoken. Oh. It's actually pretty good. Like, one of the examples is, like, when they go to the Queen's Resolute desk and they take that plank out, Abigail and Ben just take a picture of it and leave it. So, like, the car chase scene is not in the novel. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't, like, huge differences, but it was just more maybe how they came into some some of the, the clues and stuff like that. A lot of the car chase scenes or any of the action, it was just there for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this was weird, too. I don't know if you guys read that there was a novelization of, an, of a youth novel called Changing Tides, a Gates Family Mystery by, um, her name is Catherine Hopka. But this is why I was thinking that the third one might be set 
a long time ago because th- this story is set in England in the year 1612 and is the first in the series planned historical novels about the Gates family. So huh. it's planned way back. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how that would work, but I have a bad feeling that it's going to turn into shit if they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no secret. <laughs> imagine they like make a young Nick Cage. It's just his face. Oh my god! Can you imagine if they did like, something like that? Like you know like how that? they have you guys seen um, parts of the Caribbean where they try to make a younger looking Johnny Depp? No. Instead of just recasting somebody younger. Yeah. So they yeah. took Johnny Depp's face and then did some like CGI to it, and it just looked really bad. I mean, we see that in Marvel all the time. True. So that's why about the script and, and the novel. So let me just kind of give you what I have locations and all that stuff. Um, I'm gonna try to put this in chronological order of the movie, so if you guys have any fun facts like around that time or what they did, please let me know. Um, It does start off, which I do think is a treasure, the whole Lincoln arc and all that stuff, the assassination of Lincoln. Um, So that whole beginning part was filmed on the Universal Studios New York backlot. So I thought that was kind of cool, yeah. um, um, The tavern though, where you see Thomas Gates, that was actually a built studio, so that's not where um, the backlot as well. But you would think that they also were to build Ford Theater. No, they filmed that in the United Kingdom. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think when they were out there, because they actually went to London, but I think this is uh, at the Richmond Theater in Southwest London, and I don't know why they decided. I think it kind of similarly looks like, because we've been to Ford Theater, Jason, TJ, and I, but uh, um, but yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, they didn't film that here or build a set. I don't know. But yeah, Does that it was look up. like it? Did you Google it? Uh, it, no, it, it does look like it because we went to Ford's Theater and it's it's similar, you know. The first thing that I noticed was because when we were at Ford's Theater, they had talked about how um, when it first happened and Booth jumped onto the stage, right. everyone thought it was part of the show. No yep. one really he realized what actor. happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then when in the movie, they all start screaming right away and I was like, yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, there's another scene where they start presenting the script to you. That's where Ed Harris's character comes in. That was actually filmed at the George Washington uh, Masonic National Memorial, just a little bit outside of DC, but this is where it really gets interesting. So they do go to Paris, which there is a Statue of Liberty there. Yeah. Do you guys know why there's one there? Is it because they uh, there was a gift? It? Yeah. Well, there's a gift from France to the US. We gave them a smaller one, a replica of it, but smaller. But yeah, that's what I was kind of researching. But they actually went to Paris, and where you guys see Ben Gates and Riley um, actually uh, uh, talking to the, the, the Paul Blart mall, mall cop yeah. guys, you know, those, I mean, those are not police officers, no. but whatever. Um, did that scene or that area look at all familiar to you guys? So it's a famous bridge. It's about a mile down from the Eiffel Tower. Um, it's in the movie Inception where she's hitting. <gasps> that's the exact same spot. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of kind of cool. I thought that was like really interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. right there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's down the ways. Um, but then anyways, they then they find out they got to go to London because the Resolute desks, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a true story. There are two desks. One went to the U.S. But the one that's in London is not in Buckingham Palace. So that's all bullshit. Where's it? At? Where is it? It is actually in. Um, where do they have it? Uh, the Windsor Castle in Berkshire. So yeah, Windsor. so it's not actually in Buckingham Palace, which is like kind of shows where the script is like, hey, we want to go to Buckingham Palace, we want to go to the Oval Office, yeah. and just make up bullshit. We'll, we'll get into the whole Mount Rushmore part of it. Well, but, no, yeah. that's weird that it's actually at Windsor because doesn't... Uh, he actually when, says. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, the Queen's not here because the flag's not up, she's at Windsor. Right. But... So yeah. they were they were not even granted access also into the Buckingham Palace. Like the Queen was like, no, you guys are coming in. So so they built it. No, they oh. actually went down the way um, into another place called 
uh, yeah, they filmed all of the scenes that you see interior at the Lancaster House in St. James, London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I get it, dude. You're not, you're not going to want a movie production crew going into Buckingham Palace. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, getting into the car chase after that, I thought it was trash because I read a review basically saying, if you've been to London, has anyone been to London? I have not. So I have. They said, if you, you have? Yes. So can you actually look at where they're going and all that stuff? Because they said, geographically, it makes no sense whatsoever. Like this was literally just put in for like a fun scene. It for sure is a fun scene. I don't know like geographically yeah. where they start, where they end up, all that. Right. The only thing that I kept thinking during that whole thing was like everything in London is super small. Right. Like every, the streets are small, there's people everywhere. So I was like, this would never happen without someone getting right. seriously so injured. Jason and I talked about it. We think they just, hey, insert a car chase scene. Let's have I fun think with it. they for sure needed and action. I think people were kind of like, this is going to be really difficult if you do this. Yeah. So what they did is they went to a stunt driving, I think, school or location right outside of London. And they actually would put cones up of like what the turn was going to be and all that. And they did their homework as far as like, hey, you're going to have to take this turn. How fast do we got to go? What is the tires that we got to have and all that? So they actually did because then they were so prepared of like where they were going to put the camera person so when they could have their little bit of time that they were granted in yeah. London, they could get it done really fast. And they said it really went. So I'm kind of giving it credit now. Even though in the movie, I'm kind of like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Like just yeah, I mean, take a photo of the fucking thing yeah. and then just give it to them, you know? Like, why are we doing this? Yeah, because I think they, they had to rehearse Yes. in that yeah. area like multiple times because I think they only got one chance to do it like hey we'll give it. you yeah, yeah we'll give you this much time but we can't shut shit down forever like you'll get one shot and that's it so they had to rehearse and be on point when they did right. it yeah so they have a photo now which is I find weird he doesn't have a camera to take a photo right but doesn't he take his camera out to take a photo of the Book of Secrets? He has a camera every so, other time. Oh, yeah. So he has to run a red light, yeah. get the, and then Riley has to hack in to, like, Strictly, bullshit, yeah, right? Strictly, also, for action purposes. Also, as was. if those police cameras are, like, super HD that you can just <laughs> yeah. zoom in and read hieroglyphics no way. through a windshield, so by the way. That's not, great that you said that. Not because, in 2007. Yeah. So that's great yeah. you say that because then they take that photo to Ben's mom. Um, I don't know if they brought it up, but that's at the University of Maryland. Did they bring that up? Is that where she's teaching? Or they just, yeah, no, that's oh, they right. did bring yeah. that up? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is supposed to take place because when you go to the White House, it's the Easter egg, so it's a springtime. Right before they were about to shoot, it snowed in all of Maryland on that thing. And so they had to bring out like fire hoses to like get all, because they wanted to make it look like a springtime day. It kind of ruined their, their shots. But um, Funny story though, then after that, they have to go to the White House to see the other, they actually got access to the Oval Office. So wow. all you see, no, I'm totally bullshitting. That was a studio. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's all I mean, that Everyone's getting access into um, the federal buildings the, nowadays. So. <laughs> the lawn that you're seeing that is at the Huntington Library and Gardens, and they literally have what you see, and then they, they CGI'd in the White House in the oh, back. Oh, so that wasn't the White House lawn. No, none of it was. They were all in Pasadena. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, Olympus has fallen? That's all it was, yeah. Right. Um, so they mean, I, I was kind of hoping that there would be a connection where they would use House of Cards is. But I don't think House of Cards is even around. Like, they're same set, right? Because they have the actual office I think there. House of Cards was at the West Wing. This is in 2007. I don't know. You would think yeah, that House of be, Cards way after that. Right? Yeah, you would yeah. think that there would be some sort of oval office, like, set that yeah. people could yeah. use. But We talked about this on another movie. It might have been Olympus Has Fallen or another film that featured the White House. But they talked about how they use the oval office setting or pieces of the White House yeah. from other movies. And, it, and that same set appears in movies as right. time has mm-hmm. gone on. So maybe they use that. Maybe. No, they said this one they had to actually create their own. Oh, sad. They, they could have just page, yeah. asked 
the George H. W. Bush, not George H. W. George W. Bush uh, Museum because yeah. they have an actual Oval Office in oh, there. It's really? like the replica of George W. when he was in office. There's also like a weird rule. I think we talked about it. We, I mean, there's been a lot of films that we talked about uh, at the Lincoln Memorial, um, and something about the fact that it's like public land they they can't really shut down any of these places like yeah. the museums and stuff it, it all belongs to everyone i guess so they don't really make sense shut it down for like movie productions which is why when we've talked about like the lincoln memorial in the past they have to do it at very specific times and kind of work around tourists because the national mall or whoever doesn't just shut down yeah it for a movie so they did that for avengers and probably or Captain yeah. america probably yeah so he goes to the White House, realizes that there's a piece missing, talks to his buddy at the FBI, but he basically says there is a book of secrets. The only person that has it is the president, you know, so you have to actually talk to him. So they develop this scheme where they want to rent out stuff. They're doing that at Ben's dad's house, right? Mm-hmm. Does that house look at all familiar to you? It's in Pasadena. The actual address is one Father zero, of the Bride. One and two, but also a more recent movie too. Which one? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh. Where they destroyed. Oh. So this is like a famous house in a bunch of movies. Yeah, was it the same house in number one? I know the first house was in the first movie was in Pasadena, but I don't know if it's the same exact house. Yeah, I don't know. And I I, I just recently rewatched this and I'm like, that is Mr. And Mrs. Smith's yeah. house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever watched Father of the Bride one and two in its entirety recently. Anytime. Yeah. No, that's but, yeah. That, that's that house. Uh, yeah. Speaking of houses, though, Ben and Abigail's house. That's also that a was famous gorgeous. house. That's in a bunch of movies. Um, that's actually in Beverly Hills. Mm. This has been in the... No, Kermit, you can... Spider-Man. They said it was in Spider-Man. I, I don't know. Um, Which Ghostbusters. One? I don't know. I just said Spider-Man. Maybe like, it's like, maybe like Norman Osborn's house or something It, like it might have been. Maybe. Um, the Prestige. Oh. As well as... And I, Jason oh. always gives me shit. The Big Lebowski. I've never seen this movie. You've never seen, You've never never seen, seen the I, Big... I know. See, bring it. Yeah. Okay. But I guess that house My is face. actually in all that. those other movies... As well as some other ones, but those were the main ones. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Which house in the Rich Guy's house in Big Lebowski, I right? I think it's the Rich Guy's house, yeah. It's in Beverly Hills, so. Uh, but saying that, they, with the stupidest way, yeah. convinced the president's birthday to be held at Mount Vernon, which, oh my God, so come dumb. on. Yeah. But um, Everything's we, we didn't get to do that. I've actually been to Mount Vernon. It's really cool. They actually had a week to shoot there. This girl named Nancy Hayward. Um, she was Mount Vernon's assistant director of education at the time. She basically said it was like the most fun week she's ever had. And they basically were like totally nice about everything. Um, they basically did what they needed to do and they left it without harming any part of the property whatsoever. So that was George Washington's house. It's yeah. now a national park. Um, there is a basement where there's some stuff, but there's no tunnels. So right. everything that you're seeing is all bullshit. Yeah. Again, it's all bullshit. It would have been cool if like, the, the Freemasons the, were... No, there's the nothing base, of that. The yeah. basement set, I think, was actually a set. I don't think they actually filmed in the basement. No, they didn't. Yeah, I'm just saying there's um, a, on the actual estate. They were on the grounds, yeah. yeah. And then they recreated the basement. But also that cornerstone or that sandstone of um, LW, which stands for Lawrence Washington, that is real. That's also yeah. in, the ba- in the real basement. Really? Yeah, they they carved out the actual stone itself and put it in a museum and then replaced it with the replica. I was trying to find out when they replaced it because I, I thought know. it would be interesting if yeah. it happened before this and then people are trying they, like, to like removed the way to get into this yeah. tunnel. Um, 
But yeah, that's a real thing. I thought that was kind of cool. And then they, like I said, they took it out and put it in a museum somewhere. So, but you can kind of see where the script is going as far as like they just took a bunch of like landmarks that are, I guess, important to not just American history but history in general, and just yeah. said, "Hey, write a script," and it's all BS. Um, so the president, <laughs> then, yeah, the president does say, "Hey, well, where do you keep a book in the Library of Congress?" So now we're back at the Library of Congress. The one thing about that is, if you remember, the FBI agent said every president gets this book and chooses a new hiding spot for it. But then this hiding spot in the Library of Congress seemed pretty specifically made to hide this like one book. Like it's been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. Did I mean, you notice that or no, not? No, I, I did, yeah. I, and then I there's just, like dust and stuff. like Right. So we, we've been to D.C. We would... I was looking for this area where the book is seen, and I don't. I looked. I was like, "Hey, this is bullshit." That's where Ben Gates and I know that, but those bookshelves on that do not exist. So they filmed oh. it in the Library of Congress, but they made the bookshelves for this whole reason. And then when the filming was done, they tore them down. Uh -huh. So, yeah, so did you hear, did you hear about so. the filming of the FBI agents coming into there too? Uh -huh. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you it's got? one of my strategies. Uh, they they don't have guns. They just have their fingers held like this. They're like oh. holding their hands like this. Yeah. It looks like a gun. Yeah. No. no really? Swear to God. Yeah. I thought, it's, I, it's an it's it's not in any of the close up shots. It's really from like the the wide angles. Yeah. Where you see them all kind of storming into the Library of Congress and they're just holding their thumb and index fingers <laughs> out. So so good. Did they film <laughs> at the Library of Congress? Yes, they did. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Everyone wants to talk. <laughs> Wait, they, these motherfuckers don't have guns pointed. No, why? I'm like, why have anything in your hand? But they're like, why pretend like there's anything there if you don't actually have something? But I think they figured like it's a wide shot, no one would really notice. And you really, it is quick. It is quick. Yeah, but I didn't notice for honestly. sure. Yeah. Their their fingers are like little kids playing <laughs> guns. Was there like was there like an episode <laughs> of South Park? Where like there's you know that redheaded FBI agent that's always interacting with the boys. Yeah. Don't they have like a shootout one time and they only use finger guns and it's in slow motion and they're they're just, they're just like, <laughs> like that's so I'm sorry. It's My like a, immediate immediate minus five dollars. Keep it moving. It's like a what's it called? Uh, the Office with all. Oh yeah. Guns. Oh, <laughs> the, the murder mystery <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. So they have this epiphany that. Mount Rushmore then was a cover-up for the city of gold, right? So they are now on their way to Mount Rushmore, which I have been to Mount Rushmore. There is no lake behind Mount Rushmore. Okay. So, I, I Googled yeah. that because I was like, is there a lake right behind I, it? No, you drive right behind it. They said it's like, like 20 like, miles away. From are there stairs yeah. on there, the side? There, so when I went there, you couldn't get any farther than the gift shop was. Okay. And I believe there are stairs and trails that you can get up closer. I It was under construction, so I could not do it. But I specifically was like, where the hell is the lake? Because <laughs> it's not there. Like, it's way far away. National Treasure, lie <laughs> yeah. to me. So I was, I was really goddamn pissed. So that whole thing that you're seeing is all bullshit. It wasn't a cover-up because the lake is, like I said, 20 miles. I also read that it might have been five, but it's nowhere near Mount Rushmore. So... Them making is not a cover of anything. They, they hit it somewhere else. But the Black Hills Mountains are sacred area, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, they finally figured out the clue, which I think is bullshit. I get in my trash where they find an eagle with water on rocks. But okay, okay, okay. okay. with so they, their five water bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they get to the city of gold. Now this is where it really gets interesting. Um, it took twelve weeks to create what you guys are seeing. On film, they did it out of three stages. One was stage 12 at Universal. That's where you see like the pillars and the water coming in and all that stuff. Okay. I think they did another stage 
for the balance beam thing, which I'll get into in a second. That thing was cool. But then I think they also filmed, if you guys have been to Universal, at the top of the water stage, you know, where they filmed all that and had the backdrop. Mm. I think they filmed parts of there when they had more of the water. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're in like like waist high water. Yeah. Because they also had scenes up there. They said if you put all this together, it would have been one of the biggest sets of all time, but they had to actually separate it mm. into the three different ones. water stage at Universal. Yeah. Waterworld. Yeah, you've been to you've been to Universal. Oh, yeah, but yeah. which one? At the very top, there's that big tank with the blue background. Oh, so I think they filmed at night a couple stuff up there. Truman Show is filmed too, right? Truman Show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> but, yeah. but the Seawolf part is weird. It's on only three sides. Yes. And there's only three sides. They did a good job. They put a bunch of styrofoam mm-hmm. up yeah. to create the rocks, making it look like you're still in South Dakota. But they also filled in parts with like a black screen. And then they would CGI just like more area of more like scenery. this city of gold. Oh, okay. So a lot of what you're seeing is CGI. Even the brick that Riley is trying to steal is somewhat CGI'd because it wasn't giving the light effect yeah. that they wanted. And it was kind of like like that's CGI. That's what they had to do on that. But but yeah, so I want to get into the balance beam part. First of all, I thought it was way over the top, right? Like, it was so stupid. I think, again, it was just like, we need yeah. an action insert here. I got yeah. anxiety watching so, it. <laughs> so the writers wrote, hey, here's what's going to happen. They're going to fall down this trap door on his balance beam. And the guys are like, how the hell are we going to film this? So they go to the guy that's responsible. He goes, oh, I just get a gimbal. Do you guys know what a gimbal is? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. That's where. So it mimics what the person's doing. It's six hydraulics on the 24 by 24 wooden panel. Uh And what he can do then is he can see what the actors are supposed to do so he can tilt it and it'll mimic it. And they can also record what it's doing of all that towards like, hey, we didn't get a good shot. We want you to react this. And it'll like literally do exactly what they were wanting. So I I kind of appreciate it now. At first I'm kind of like, this is unnecessary, but to film that, I gotta give them respect. You know what I mean? But but yeah, they, they end up finding the treasure and that's the movie. That's what I really got. The you know? end. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's kind of what I got out of it. Um, I personally, and we'll get into Trash and Treasure, I think they saw the success of the first film yeah. and said, hey, how can we make this bigger, better, badass? Car Cheese, Car Chase in London, Mount Rushmore, The Oval Office. And I think they wrote a script around just inserting all these things. I don't know how you guys feel. It's kind of what I'm getting out of it. I mean, it definitely I definitely feels that way. Yeah, yeah they yeah. kind of like ad-libbed it. Well, and like Jason really. was saying, so when you're seeing on the stage 12 where they have, the, they put like water hoses to the side to bring in all the water. They were like, hey, look at we have water. Go write a scene where they have to deal with this water. You're kind of like, wait, what? Like you didn't have like an idea already? And like, I, I don't know. It was, it was like really interesting. Know. Yeah. They didn't have a drawing board. They just yeah, I think like I think I watched the same documentary you guys yeah. did, and it was one of those things where like the set builders created this huge set, and then they added all this water and stuff, so that when people saw it, they were like, "Well, that looks cool. We should do a scene under this waterfall or whatever." And so then they were like, "Let's rework the script to be under that waterfall." It was just oh it was very like. Um, thrown together by the seat of your pants yeah, yeah. that's why I always say man don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> don't go stick to I, the rivers I, I, have a, I have a few fun facts too yeah I got, I got fun facts if you want to do that now I just wanted to get into one thing with the casting does anyone have anything on the casting because I feel like they just took the same yeah people, I thought it was just the same added plus Ed Harris and, and Helen, Helen uh, Mirren yeah. the only thing that I thought was cool was she played Queen Elizabeth in a movie called The Queen yes. and couldn't meet the Queen during this because she was filming in South Dakota. Mm, yeah. That's the only thing I have on casting. That's all I got. <laughs> like, really? That sucks. It. Yeah. 
I have some about the soundtrack too before we move on to fun facts. Um, the score to National Treasure was uh, recorded in the Hollywood Studio Symphony, uh, and it was the last feature film score to be recorded at that stage before it was torn down. Oh, so that was interesting. And then the soundtrack was only released digitally. There was no physical copies oh. made. I don't know. Huh. Nobody, wants, like, nobody wants to buy that shit. So. Who is the composer again? Uh, Trevor Rabin. Raven, oh, didn't Rabin. he do Con Air or some shit like that? The name I looked like really he familiar. Did something that's why I was like, who? Was yeah, I didn't name? look that up, but we can pause real quick and look it up real fast. Okay, so we got a Trevor Rabin. Uh, oh man, he's done quite a bit. So we got a Con Air, Armageddon, Enemy of the State, oh. Jack Frost, uh, Deep Blue Sea, Gone in sixty seconds, Remember the Titans. The Sixth Day. It's all Jerry Bruckheimer stuff. For yeah. Part, yeah. Yeah. The One. Uh, Kangaroo Jack. The One. Bad oh, Boys 2. One. Torque. National Treasure. Coach Carter. Uh, he did Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Hot Rod. Amazing movie. Uh, he did uh, Race to Witch Mountain. Is that the one with the rock, I guess? He did G-Force. I was just going to ask. <laughs> I was like, I don't care about the other movies. Did he do G-Force? So. <laughs> yes, Jason, he did. He did G-Force. He did. Guys, we got to do G-Force. These hamsters <laughs> are called. They're kind of cute, the hamsters. We got we to do that. And then uh, the last movie was okay. another Nick Cage movie, Sorcerer's Apprentice. They're kind of cute. <laughs> Little hamsters. The world needs bigger heroes. So do you want to go with fun facts I, real quick? I want to do some fun facts. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, man. Start off. Um, so John Voight, Ben's dad, at one point says, hey... Um, the Resolute desk actually had a door put at the bottom, a false door. Oh. And that's where you see JFK playing in on it. But um, because he wanted to hide FDR being in a wheelchair, yeah. when in coincidence he played FDR in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of an interesting kind of thing. Um, Nicholas Cage, this is the second time that he's had um, top secret like evidence of the JFK assassination. This movie is Book of Secrets as well as The Rock. At the very end, when he has the microchip, yeah. which coincidentally, who's the villain in The Rock? Ed Harris, and he's the villain in this one. So I thought that was really kind of cool. The only other thing that I could also find, Riley Poole has his own book, and I had to go back and look at this. There's, I guess, one time where you can see in the actual book, there's like a document. It's actually Marilyn Monroe's um, uh, uh, autopsy. Yeah, oh, in the really? actual book. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what they had as an actual document. So that's what I have for fun facts. Yeah. How do you um, first one is the Ferrari that Riley has in the beginning of this movie is different than the one that the president gives him at the end. Yes. I believe the one that the president gives him at the end is the, the one, one he had in the first, first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I got this from IMDb, but Disney discovered that the, the shooting schedule at Mount Rushmore would displace the local high, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. the, the local Hill City High School prom that is held annually at the location. So what they did, Disney uh, paid for the prom by providing transportation, a new location, all kinds of stuff so they could film at Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they got like raffle prizes. Yeah, all kinds of stuff, yeah. Disney came through. Yeah, damn. Um, The torch that Nick Cage holds on the DVD box is the same torch design that he holds uh, in the first National Treasure. Um, It's probably a still from the first one. Yeah. When release prints were first delivered to theaters, they were trying to um, kind of hide the name, so it was under the name, the fake title, Cinnamon. I don't, why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know why. Why? I know. I, I know that they have fake names in when development. Filming, yeah. But then once it's in movies, I don't know why that would happen. I thought it was odd too. I was like, I don't understand. And Especially because the the movie poster wasn't that 
Like, wouldn't they know what they were going to film, like, what they were going to show? Yeah. And then this last two things. One is, is Nick Cage really Francis Ford Coppola's nephew? Yes. Yeah. Did we talk about that already? Because Nick Cage is in his real name. His real name's not Nick Cage. No, I know. I just found that out researching this movie. It's Nick Coppola. Yeah, I did not know that. He wanted to uh, break away from, he wanted to make his own name and not be known as part of the Coppola family. Yeah, his his name is uh, Nicholas Kim Coppola. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, uh, I believe he chose his like stage name from Johnny Luke Cage. Cage. Or no, Luke Cage or Johnny Luke Cage? Cage. Johnny Cage is based off of Nick Cage. Yeah, Johnny Cage okay. is based off of Nick Cage by name, but like Nicolas Cage chose his name from Luke Cage. The comic oh, book yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just, I, I didn't know that because there was some random stupid fact that like there was like a, a cop, um, someone portraying a police officer in one of the scenes, and I guess her last name was Coppola but has no affiliation with the Coppola family. And I was like, I didn't even write it down, but I remember it because I thought it was so weird that someone took the time to type this up. And I think it's on IMDb, and I was like, I don't know why this is a fact. Um, The second thing that I want to say, though, was this is Nick Cage's first sequel. Oh, you're right. Is it? He hasn't done another sequel. No, he has after this. Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider. That's right. So Uh, I think after this, they asked him, well, would you ever revisit Ghost Rider? He's like, tell me when and where. And I was like, are you fucking shitting? Jason's favorite movie. (laughs) Fucking shitting. I like Ghost Rider. He was really like, oh, oh my God. Oh, they had never seen it. Just for the cheesiness of it. So to like segue into my next part, let's get into the sequel. If there's going to be a third one, right? Yes. So Cage said in 2016 that he was hopeful a third movie could happen, right? And then he did say this quote. I want to read it out. Okay, if you guys, I do know that those scripts are very difficult to write because they, sorry, there has to be some credibility in terms of the facts and facts checking because it was relying on historical events. And then you have to make it entertaining. I know that's been a challenge to get the script where it needs to be. That's as much as I've heard, but they're still working on it. I want to be like, why don't you have this philosophy in the second film? Because right, the right. majority of the film is bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, But uh, I, I have read. Now, you back me up or interchime whenever you want. There's like sites that say a, a sequel has been written and they want to do it. Then there's ones that are saying Disney just has no ambition to do it because they can make more money on other projects. Um, according to Wikipedia, in January of 2020, um, after years of what they call development hell, it was announced that a third film was officially moving forward with the script, and Jerry Bruckheimer will return as a producer, but this is down in the future. So I don't know if it's happening or not. Some sites say it is, and some sites are like, it's dead. Like, like it's not happening. No, that was the last thing I read, too, but the other thing was, like, they were... I don't know if the script's been written, but I think it got greenlit. Mm. But I think the decision was, hey, what time period are we setting this in? Because like I said, there's that other novel that was written. And I don't know how they would do that. And I hope it's not some crazy CGI stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, back when we reviewed the first movie, we had talked about it being cool if they did like an international treasure or something that took them out of the United States treasure hunting and got them into like a different country, different actual treasure. city of gold, El Dorado. Someone else's treasure, yeah. Why don't they do like intergalactic treasure? <laughs> Space Force? G Force. G Force. G Force. Do you guys want to see a sequel? I, I, I would. I do, yeah. I would. I mean, you can't... You Especially can't. if it was International Treasure, I feel like that would be, like, a fresh take. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't leave off where the president's just like, hey, let's talk about... Page 47, yeah. Like, what and then, well, are we going to learn about that? Like, yeah. let's just, just make the third movie. Just just make it already. Watch they make the third movie, it's, but they don't reference 47 at all. They probably won't. 
It's like aliens. I hope it's aliens. I, I, I kept reading theories it was about the Fountain of Youth, but I don't I don't know if that's oh. true. Oh. Is, is that the one with Hugh That Jackman? would be a good way to the fountain. <laughs> Right? Is it? <laughs> what was it called? Oh, the, it, it's the, the Fountain? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can't read it. It's a Jaronofsky film. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. I have some more fun facts that I wanted to throw at you. Uh, the first one is uh, in the Booth Diary, the missing page that uh, Ed Harris's character has. It says Thomas Gates, and then it says a Latin word, which means um, master. And so I think in the movie they're saying like, that means mastermind. But the word, uh, it says Thomas Gates artifacts, which like I said, is Latin for master. But that word artifacts is the Latinized Greek word uh, of a very long Greek word that actually means puzzles. So when you put the two words together, it means master of puzzles, which would make sense why they would go to him to decode this message. Uh, The other fun fact is that um, in the Black Hills Mountains, uh, in in the city of gold, um, apparently, Patrick Gates, the father, was, uh, what's his name, Ed Harris? Yeah. John Voight. Ed, John Harris, Voight. Ed Harris actually stabbed um, John Voight's character in oh. the movie, um, or in the script, but they took that out because they thought that it made Ed Harris's character like too unlikable, and of course they're supposed to feel sorry for him At when he dies, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they felt like it was a little too much and took it a little too far and kind of crossed a, a bridge that he wouldn't be able to come back from, so they actually re-edited it, which is why you never really see Patrick's like full body after they get through that little water tunnel piece, mm-hmm. because he had like blood, blood. blood everywhere. Huh, hmm. they utilize that water scene. Yeah. Mm. And that's all I got for fun facts, I think. Anybody else? Nope. All right, well, fuck you, Sally. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to uh, our experiences. Mugga, what is your experience with uh, National Treasure 2? So I watched the first one at my apartment when I first moved out in college. And so this was obviously something that was well anticipated. So I actually watched it in theaters, which I remember enjoying. Um, because I think it carries over the success of the first one, but uh, reviewing it, I, I'll get into all that. I, I, don't, I don't think it's aged well, but uh, but yeah, I actually saw this movie in theaters, so that was my experience. I can't tell you who was with them. I, I have no idea. Oh, I felt like you just didn't want I, to tell I, I know, I know, I know I saw it in theaters, but I totally have no idea who I was with. All right. Uh, Erica, what is your experience? Um, I didn't see this in theaters, but I saw it like when it came out on DVD or whatever. Um, that was it, I just, I liked it. Cool, yeah. TJ, uh, TJ, what is your experience with this movie? I also did not see it in theaters. I, similar to the first movie, I probably saw this when I was playing on FX or something, probably caught it and just ended up watching it. Obviously I liked the, the first film uh, as we reviewed. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll sit through this one. And then I was disappointed. <laughs> All right, Jason, uh, what's your experience? Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it in theaters. I don't remember how I watched it. I remember not really, it wasn't on my radar to watch, but when I did, um, slightly disappointed, <laughs> uh, and I understood why I didn't go to the theaters to watch it. But yeah, it, it's weird because like if the first National, National Treasure's on TV or I see it pop up and like I'm on that channel or whatever, like I'll leave it, I'll watch it. This one, I don't. Hmm. But. Uh, I think I just watched it because it was available and I hadn't seen it yet, so I watched it. And then again, I watched it. It's probably my second or third time watching this. It was for this podcast. And um, yeah, my, my thoughts and feelings haven't changed about it. So that's my experience. Cool. Uh, my experience um, I rented this movie yesterday and I watched it last night. 
Um, That's the first time you've seen it. Did you fall asleep watching it? Uh, Unfortunately, no. Uh, Here we go. We'll get into we'll get into that in trash and treasure. But yeah, this is my very 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 first and last time watching this movie. Nice. But now let's move on to trash and treasure. (laughs) And Mugga, tell us your trash and treasure with this movie. Okay. So one thing I want to bring up. Okay. Kerwin ruined Riley for me because of the way he depicted him in the first review. But Riley is a guy that can hack into like Buckingham Palace's security. He can do all these things. You're first introduced to his character to this one, regardless of after his book signing. Was, yeah. He loses all of his money from an accountant that just, like, how do you not yeah. see that that was a fake book? You can hack into FBI, I mean, like the National Archives system, but you yeah. don't know that someone's fucking with your money? Like, I'm like, what an idiot. Like, come on, Like, man. how are you this dumb? Like, but he's not. not because, yeah. yeah, like, it's all bullshit. He's book smart, not street smart. Yeah. Um, I think the Oval Office scene is awful. Like, to where the Oval Office, where they, yeah. the Secret Service guy's an idiot, you know? And, like, the fact that, like, you're telling me, like, we've, we've been to the White House, like, security in there to get in is awful. Like, it's just so much stuff. But you don't even get to touch the Oval Office. This guy just takes a random person and an ex-girlfriend and, like, makes out and, like... like it, it, it's so stupid. Like, the only thing also that I kept, I was like, this is a grown man yeah. who is like. Who's a secret sed- service. Seduced because she loses an earring and is looking for it on the floor and like he can't concentrate on his job. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is a grown up that Guys, we're talking about. Didn't Not you, some high school kid. Didn't you think that that whole scene was going to turn into like some stuck porn? Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no I didn't. No, but that's yeah. actually yeah, never that crossed now, my yeah. mind. So. Going into more, um, I think this script was basically taking the previous one, putting it on steroids, Mount Rushmore. I don't like that. Um, Kerwin, back me up on this. Uh, Ed Harris's guys go break into Ben's dad's, and the cloning of the phones is so like Nintendo 1990s. Yes. Just it scans down, and like even the buds, I'm like, this has nothing to do with what they're doing. I, I was just like, really? That's how you're gonna clone this phone? Like, yeah. They're like, the what is what is the, the most obvious visual that we just can include? A line yeah. that goes down to yeah. clone it. Like, what? Yeah. Like, that's how you're getting all the information. And, and it was like 80, percent 85, percent 90. percent You could tell this movie's old as fuck because it was measured in kilobytes yeah. and not gigs. Yeah. Really, oh, nice. the flip phone didn't give it away. Yeah, it's just like I was just the, two like, the two megapixel flip phone. I was like, these phones have no storage space. So, um, when they're in Buckingham Palace, I think Nick's Cage's acting is really like, yes, and him being drunk, and it's just like, or or acting drunk. I'm like, this is so bad. And he starts marching down the stairs with his hands like, like what is he doing dude like it's I cringeworthy like I'd rather watch Fifty Shades Freed I love it, I love it scene, so you know? much you love it I love it oh my god it's, it's one of my treasures um, I also have the balancing beam part regardless of how they okay. filmed it I think that was over the top but one thing that I have that's a dick move that's like a trash of mine like Riley has always helped out Ben Gates and have, like none of these fuckers bought his book and read it yeah. Like, what dick move is that? Like, you guys didn't read my book, you know? Which, by the way, he knew about the Book of Secrets. Why can't we just fast-forward all this stuff and yeah. just go to that as opposed to going to France and London and do all... <laughs> Riley knows about the Book of Secrets. It's in his book. But you fuckers didn't read it? Like, that's a dick move, right? Yeah, like, that is true. Like, it's like, what the hell? He's done so much for you. You get the credit, but you can't read his book. And he yeah. sent it to him. He didn't even take it out of the package. Yeah. Like, whatever. You know the, what, though? The worst thing, though, was when Riley was like, I can't tell you. I have to show you. 
but then he just reads the book. So you could tell me just yeah. what's in the book. I'll Isn't tell I just, you. Like, open the book says Book of Secrets yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter fourteen, Book of Secrets. I'll tell you exactly why they didn't read his book because they saw the first movie and they hated that <laughs> oh movie. Well, they were there. Also, don't forget that his book is also full of like a lot of conspiracy theories. Like it wasn't just about the treasure; it was a lot of like yeah. random crackpot stuff. One of them happened to be the. Book, Book of, of Secrets. Secrets, yeah. So I did like this movie when I first saw it, and I'm assuming that I'm going to like it as I'm reviewing it. As you're going down the list of the movie, I had a lot of trashes and not a lot of treasures. Yeah, same, And I'm like, same. what the hell just happened here? The movie's fucked now. Yeah. So for treasures here, I got music, whatever, <laughs> I, and I like it. It's it's dupe, it's whatever. Um, I, Riley has some comments like when they said oh there's someone else after the treasure and Riley goes of course there's always someone else after the treasure you know I, I thought that was kind of a cool thing um, I think the president telling him the book exists it was like more of like here's the codes memorize it yeah. do your mission kind of thing and uh, I like the resolute desk lock puzzle thing yeah and that's all I got that's all I got for treasure I don't think this movie's that good <laughs> like no yeah I, okay I, just making sure I'm on the same yeah, page because yeah, no, I was like I was really excited to do this because I love the first one yeah and this one I'm like I, I really don't like this movie. It's like, a downfall of doing this sometimes. Yeah. You start to you nitpick yeah. and pick it apart, and like, it's just like, oh. I respect some of the things I did, but I realize that this movie was for one thing only. That was to make money. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Because, like, if you're watching it without writing down Trash or Treasure, actually, like, paying attention to it, it's an enjoyable movie. But Is once you... I like it. Okay. But I think maybe it's just because, I don't know, I like National Treasure 1 and just kind of... Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that was my Trash or Treasure. All right, uh, Erica, what is your trash and treasure? Oh, okay. I'm kind of like Mug. I have a lot of trash for some person that likes this movie, supposedly. Um, trash. It's that easy to get into Buckingham Palace. I'll elaborate on that. Because um, they literally had Riley hack into the security of Buckingham Palace. Nick Cage acts crazy. They get thrown, they get detained in like this makeshift jail sort of deal in the basement and then just walk out get in an elevator like there should be cameras and extra 100%. security and that's where the queen lives i just they feel walked like by a maid yeah and no one that and maid no wasn't one like stop what are you doing here she's like oh the flowers are good like <laughs> yeah no one stopped you guys also um isn't like the success of their and i'll get into this in mind but like isn't the success of their operation at buckingham palace completely based on like luck and coincidence because yes. what if security just said fuck it we're kicking you out yeah right then yeah. They're, they're fucked i mean i don't know how it works in like buildings like that historical federal buildings but i would assume that they would just get the cops involved right away right yeah. and then and they, take you off the off premise yeah they take you off the property they wouldn't put you in a in a jail on property especially if the reason was causing a scene and you're drunk like what do you do with drunk people you kick them out so okay so they cause a car chase they destroy london and they're still able to get on an airplane (laughs) back to the united states i would think that all the security would be heightened at this point knowing that someone broke into buckingham palace got into the queen's like office or whatever then caused this massive car chase and destruction all throughout london went through a stoplight caught him on camera but yet you guys can get back on a plane. Yeah. Not not just to the US, but to DC too. And yeah. it's like holy it's like a threat. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's that easy to get into the White House. 
<laughs> no, it's not. We can tell you from experience. I, I've had a friend that knew a Secret Service guy, so he got an actual different tour than the normal people. Okay. They will let you look into the White House, I mean, yeah. sorry, the Oval Office, but you cannot step foot in that office. I mean, that's like the Oval Office. It's like the fact that they're able there to do Kerwin's softcore porn, whatever he's talking stuck about. Porn? Like, there's, I mean, there's no way that would ever happen. There's nothing softcore about stuck porn. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky was in stuck porn. Um, oh, there it is. Okay. There it is. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, the whole, like, the car chase scene, okay, cool, action shots, whatever, but like, you're just going to pull a gun out in the middle of London in front of Buckingham Palace and then cause a car chase over a piece of wood. I don't know. That's kind of weird to me. How is that car not wrecked after hitting a double-decker bus? People mm. would have died at that speed. Mm. Uh, he just kidnaps the president on his birthday. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it, too, no, but I mean... Kidding. It's so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. The president was right with Thomas Gates being a co-conspirator to the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, the Secret Service agents, he was like, oh, I'm surprised that they let you in here with yeah. knowing your new status. Um, his tuxedo is perfect after being in a scuba suit. Yeah. It's like, wasn't that just like true lies? He's, true lies, yes. yeah, true lies, yes. yes. Like just rips gym pants <laughs> it just yeah. rips in it's a I kind of like he, he makes a little joke right there and he says maybe I'll wear this tux one day to a party I'm actually invited to because remember he he wore his tux under a janitor's uniform in the last one oh, yeah. he did yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. yeah um he didn't write all those numbers down like I mean I don't know if that's really trash I tried one time to memorize it I was so far off it's so this. hard there's no way is it okay Eric said he has photographic memory wouldn't you have to see it then he could memorize his mouth movements yeah I don't know I don't know, I don't know. My boyfriend's strong. I need to write it down. Another plot hole in this movie. Yeah, I'd be like, say that again. <laughs> well, it's like not only the numbers that he says, but then like he starts to say dates yeah. and other stuff, and it's just like, and it's like, oh, and wait, and then so you have all these numbers, and please look at page, page forty-seven. 47. <laughs> like that would fuck with you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's like, hey, bro, gotta start over. Start that shit. Yeah, up. like he tells him a whole list of numbers, and then he starts to walk away, and then he was like, oh, and gates, you need to know this, 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 and he's like, okay, and then he's like, walks away again, he's like. And Do look at page favor. 47. Yeah. I felt like a Family Guy episode almost. It's like, hey, you got to remember this. Okay. No, also this. Wait, let me tell you all these dates real fast. But also remember this part. It's just like, holy fuck. Yeah. I was like, uh oh, Peter Griffin's fucked on this one. And how is no one dead, I guess, is one. Like, it's a Disney. Disney. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, they had realistic guns. That's why no one's dead. That's true. Uh, and Ed Harris dies. Ed, oh, he does die. Um, treasure. I, I do Maybe like. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's National Treasure. National oh. Treasure. He's stuck. Oh, oh, he's that was. Stuck. <laughs> he's stuck. We came full circle. There we go. Oh, no, that was another one. Um, it's, I guess it's not really trash or treasure, but it's more of a question. Like, did they just find his body when they excavated? Oh, like, yeah. they, no one talks about that. That's a good point. No, he's in there. They're like, hey, hey, guys, this guy's stuck here. Leave me alone for a while, yeah? Oh, <laughs> This, this got really dark. Don't worry, guys. He's my stepbrother. There's nothing wrong with this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't get it. That's how a lot of those stuck, that's how a lot of those stuck porns are. Oh, yeah. Like your stepmom, your stepbrother. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, treasure. I don't know if the history is true, but it was kind of cool to like see the whole Abraham Lincoln uh, arc and the Golden Knights and all that stuff. Um, I do enjoy... Ben Gates going Nick Cage crazy in Buckingham Palace. That's key Nick Cage there. 
Um, I like the Resolute Desk and how it's a puzzle and all the clues involved with it. I do like this movie. So, I mean... 15? No. Um, and Ed Harris always plays a good asshole. Yep. In stuck porn. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a good asshole. A good asshole. It's like, oh, step bro, looks like you got that Ed Harris. <laughs> you, got, <laughs> you got that good, good boy. That's it. <laughs> quality at Harris. Quality. He's got that quality at Harris. <laughs> I gotta shave my head, Harris. I have no idea what this turned into. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. All right, TJ. Uh, TJ, why don't you tell us your trash and treasure? All right. Uh, like Mugga and Erica, I have a lot of trash and not so much treasure. Uh, the first trash is, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Riley's book is titled in giant letters on the cover of the book, The Templar Treasure. And some girl walks up to him and says, oh my God, is this the book about the Templar treasure? <laughs> you, guys, you guys noticed that? <laughs> so annoying. Um, like you guys, I think some of it's like a little too far-fetched. Um, getting into the Library of Congress, like we've been there, like you can't just walk into the Library of Congress. They just walk in off the street, like you would never be able to do that. Um, obviously getting into the Oval Office and Buckingham Palace, all of that is like so crazy. Uh, rigging the party to be at Mount Vernon, like that was like the dumbest way to get the president at a specific location. Also a location that had a secret tunnel like it just seemed so far-fetched that they would be able to swing that also like you guys uh kidnapping the president is nuts um also i don't know if you guys made the same connection but when he makes the realization that he's going to kidnap the president they kind of did the same thing when he made the realization that he was going to steal the declaration of independence and it was kind of like mirrored but this one was obviously like you're, you're like, okay, you're going too far. I, I also read that the president at any given time has like 3,200 secret service agents. 3,200? Yeah. 3,200 3, secret service agents assigned to him at any given time. They said that there's no way that you would get the president away from secret service agents. I read that too, yeah. Um, but kind of piggybacking off of that, did anyone else think it was weird that like they just all of a sudden, like the last thing that the president says to his agent is, oh, don't worry, we're fine. And then the door shuts, and now everyone is going berserk, and the president says, everyone knows you kidnapped me and held me against my will, but how do they know that? Yeah, the door shut on accident. The door just shut. Yeah, they're not going to blame you for that. Like, the president could just be like, oh yeah, the door shut. Like, no biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, he's like, everyone knows you kidnapped me and held me against my will. I'm like, only if you tell them. (laughs) Like, Yeah. They say, just, we followed the path. There was an exit. Right. Here we like, are. You guys are stressing about nothing. Sorry. You know, like that, seems, live. that me... seemed like a leap to me. We already talked about the FBI holding their fingers in gun formation. <laughs> um, Randy Travis, why? There's no point. <laughs> why are you here, sir? Not that's that we don't, thing. not that we don't love some Randy Travis, yeah, but sir, what are you doing here? It's random. Yeah. And then also, I may have missed it. I watched the movie a couple times and I was trying to figure out why. Why would the Queen of England know where the Native American treasure was hidden? Like, how did she get the information to put in the resolute desk to send to the? You know what I mean? Where did the? How did? Yeah. How did we get to this point? Me either. Like, why would there be a secret in the? I don't know if it was the Queen of England, but why would somehow their culture know that there's that a, the natives? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I never even and it, of that. and it says in one of the things, um, it says the Queen sent like two 
two pieces of information to the Confederacy, which is what they talk about, like the uh, the monarch supporting the Confederacy, which in my research they said that was probably a bit of a leap. Um, but they said that there were like two pieces of information that they sent to find the treasure, but like how does the queen know about the treasure to begin with and, and why yeah. does she know about it? Yeah, and then I also like um like knowing about it at that time before Mount Rushmore is kinda even a thing. Right. Like they would have had to place that shit there decades yeah. decades ago before the Civil War and then told somebody in Europe about it. It's just like at that point, like don't you send like fucking you, you know, don't you send like British soldiers overseas to come infiltrate and just take it for yourself? Like, right. Why not just do that? Yeah. That's it, it was that really land. weird. And then the, mm. while I thought that the Resolute Desk like gig was like fun and inter- and entertaining and um, interesting, it's also like doesn't make sense from like a timeline perspective. Yeah. So they were like one of the articles I read. Like, why would Queen Victoria have sent a hidden secret message to the Confederacy in a desk? in 1879, 14 years after the Confederacy ended. Mm. And then on top of that, uh, both of the deaths would have had to exist in 1865 when the code was deciphered, but the resolute wasn't broken up and made into deaths until 1879. And then this message on the Statue of Liberty uh, and the, the smaller Statue of Liberty had the date of 1876. So none of the dates really line up with actual History. Did you watch everything wrong with National mm-hmm. Treasure Book of Secrets? Oh, no. You told me about that yesterday. Yeah. Is it good? I didn't watch it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That's that's a lot of it. That's part of oh, it, is actually. It? Yeah. I think yeah. there's like 170 movie, movie sins. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was a few of them. Yeah, I kept like going back and I was like, okay, well, when did this happen? Again, it just didn't make sense, like from a timeline perspective. They also said the clicks are so loud when they're taking out. The, oh, the drawers, yeah. yeah. They're like, you don't need dates. You just <laughs> literally hear the click and you're good to go. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> um, moving into uh, Treasure, I thought it was kind of comedic. Whereas I think in the first one, Riley was meant to be that comedic relief. Um, I don't think he was in the second one. But I think a lot of the comedy came from Nick Cage himself, like in Buckingham Palace. Yeah. I really liked when he was pretending to be drunk and he was yeah. like, gonna arrest me yeah. for my whiskey? Like, that's so funny like, to me. Bang as a mash. Bang as a mash. What's his villain name in Face Off? Uh, Castor Troy. Troy. Castor I saw Castor Troy there. So, and I don't know if I like You know what him. I saw? Yeah. Have you seen that, that Nick Cage meme where he looks nuts? Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Mm. So anyways, Castor I thought that was funny. It might be. I yeah. think that's also Castor I al- Troy. Oh, was it? Yeah. I also thought, like, um, of course, like, everyone saw it coming, but when he sticks his hand into that rock and then starts screaming. Yeah. Like, you see that it's coming, but it's still funny. Um, so I thought it was kind of comedic. And then, as we talked about in previous podcasts, I really like when history and fiction kind of merge into something new. And while this movie wasn't 100% historically accurate, it did kind of use real things as like a jumping off point, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting. And then you also like read all these places like the White House and Mount Vernon and Buckingham Palace and like all of these places see huge increases in tourism after movies like this are are released. And I think that that's kind of cool that you're kind of getting people excited about something that's not always that exciting. Or real. <laughs> or real, yeah. Like trying to find treasure. Yeah, so there we go. All right, Jason, uh, what's your trash and treasure? Uh, you guys said a lot of it, but I'll, I'll go through it real quick. My trash, um, like when they go into the Queen of England's little den, like there's, I, I just, 
I don't think it would be that easy at all to get into that. And then where the security guard puts them as detainees, I guess, detains them. Like, I don't think that cage would be close enough to any elevator, anything like that, where you can get out that easily. Nor a magnetic door that could be infiltrated through the web and right. all this kind of shit. It just it didn't make sense to me. Like Erica was saying, they cause all the destruction in London. Um, they get caught on the traffic cam. There's no fucking way they're getting back to DC. There's just no way. Um, I think Nick Cage yells a lot. You know he what does. I didn't understand is when he yells a lot after he, after they meet with his mom to decipher that code, and then they're walking on the school grounds, and his dad is like, "Why didn't you tell me it was at the White House or whatever?" And he goes, "It's because you overreact." And he's like screaming, and I'm like screaming at him. Why? <laughs> when did he overreact? What, Where, what caused this? Where? How do we get here? But even when he's talking to Abigail, when he's acting drunk, he's like, oh yeah, yelling. Um, there's parts where he's talking to his dad. He's talking to Riley. He's yelling. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like, there's not a lot of noise, dude. Like, and they're they're within two feet. Like, you don't have to yell, man. You can yeah. just talk at a normal level. But he's just, again, it's just that that regular Nick Cage yeah. overacting bullshit. Mm. Um, Okay. Cringe part. <laughs> every, every time Nick Cage goes into like this history kind of lesson and yeah. spouts off all this bullshit, like the music starts to go and everyone quiets down. Everyone's like like about to go do it's like they kinda all sit back they all sit back down and they like he's like, Well back when this happened and it was this, it was glorious and they did this, and it's just like the I it's cringeworthy. It, I can't do it. He does it a couple times. I mean, they do it in the first movie too, but when he's talking to the president, he has one of those moments oh, where yeah. he's like, I believe you're a man of honor or something. Right? Yeah. He does it again where he decides he's going to kidnap the president. It happens quite often. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. but they do it like at the dad's house. They do yeah. it a couple times. And it's just like everyone kind of like stop, freezes, and then like slowly sits back in their seat. <laughs> and then it's just like he's like talking like all prophetically, just like talking like real like big. And it's just like the music starts to go. But it's like, he's kind of sitting there like, just whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I just hate it. I'm like, oh my God. They, this is like, they overdo the, it. Yeah. It's yeah. like the guy playing the acoustic singing to you. And it's just, you, it's just like, <laughs> makes you cringe. I'm just like, stop, stop, stop. The the graphics at Cibola, I did not like. I, I thought like you could really tell that yeah. like there was not that, well, it's kind of weird to say the, depth, the fourth but, wall. Yeah. Like they only had literally three walls built of it. And they said they CGI'd a lot of it in on that fourth part. Uh, and I, I feel like I could tell. Um, it's a cool scene and watching those videos yeah. on YouTube. I, I appreciate part of it, but like when I'm watching it, I'm like, it, it takes me out of it a lot. And then I don't like that they ans they didn't answer the page 47 thing. Like yeah, I, right. I, I watched after the credits. I'm like, oh, maybe they did something that I missed the first time I watched it. And there's nothing, and I don't I don't like that. Um, Treasure, real quick, I'll run through it. Because now you have to see the third one, huh? <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> if it happens, yeah. yeah. Um, it was included on Disney Plus, so that was the treasure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. What the uh, fuck? Wait, wait, what? For it. You did not. What? It did. It's on Disney Plus. No Why? fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. Right? Eric actually was like, "Are you? Isn't this a Disney movie?" I paid it for four dollars. I, I, I didn't almost know. bought it, and Eric told me he was like, "It should be on Disney wrong, Plus." Right? No, you are right. No, I watched it, it on Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah, it's Disney. Okay. Son of a bitch. Okay. Automatic minus five dollars. <laughs> Why? Because you already paid five dollars for it. Yeah, I paid three ninety nine for it. Oh shit! You and really I did, paid I did, for it? I didn't even think it was on fucking. Disney I didn't think Plus. so either. Fuck. You guys don't Google these movies? Well, I thought no. Disney Plus has like high quality content, well, so that, I didn't think it was gonna no, be. No, this, no. this is this is a shout out to Roku though, 
because it has houses everything. So there's a search in Roku, and it searches everywhere that this movie's available. Yeah, for free. Google does the same. So it does like it'll say Disney Plus included yeah. their subscription. I'm like, oh, my PlayStation perfect. does too. So every anytime we're recording anything, I always look on Google to see where is it streaming. Yeah. Where can you rent it? Yeah. I just got comfortable with Amazon after a while, and so mm. fuck it, I can't just believe you guys it. got it. I can't believe. I know. It's okay. Well, we know that you'll pay three ninety nine for the movie. Um, I like the opening of the movie. I think Riley's funny in this one. I think he does a good job, better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Harris always makes me think of Hummel from The Rock. Yeah. I, I I always think of that. I think the score's good, although I I would minus the the parts where Nick Cage is just you know doing, doing his thing, doing his speech. Uh, Harvey Keitel, I love him. One of the henchmen from. Ed Harris is uh, Galen O'Shea from Sons of Anarchy. I don't know if you mm. remember. Uh, he's he's. Yeah. If, if you guys ever watch it, it's like in the later seasons, right before Clay dies. But he's real close. It's the guy that only wants to work with Clay. And it's. Who is he in this movie? He's one of the henchmen for Ed Harris. <gasps> oh. So he has the beard. Oh yeah. I have to see it again. I don't know. Yeah. He's the the guy that pulls out the gun. Pulls out the gun. Yes. He's, isn't he part of the IRA? Yeah, he's part of the IRA, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, I like the Tumblr part with the desk, even though it's like kind of ridiculous how loud it is. I, I like that part. John Voight, I thought it was is entertaining him and the wife, the ex-wife uh, at the office, like arguing. <laughs> th- th- I don't know, I thought it was funny. But, th- okay, this is weird, and I, I can't find anything about this. There's a, another henchman that's with that Galen O'Shea guy that looks just like John C. Riley if he was like 30 or 40 pounds heavier and sounds like him. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No. The guy that gets in the keg, no. He has one or two lines in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I looked everywhere. And I know sometimes actors are not credited in certain movies, but I looked everywhere. I can't find it, but there's a part in the movie, and maybe we'll Google this after the podcast, but it looks, I don't know if you guys saw that, or, or maybe I'm nuts, or... I can't remember who the other henchmen are, honestly. Okay. I know there was another one um, when they left Buckingham Palace, and he was like, oh, they're exiting through the front. It's not that guy, right? I don't think it's that guy. Mm. Okay, so then uh, O'Shea and Ed Harris meet, and then there's another guy that meets up with them. So there's four total chasing. This dude is definitely right before they go to Cibola, where they meet and, like, Abigail's like acting like she's reading a newspaper, or Bradley's acting like he's reading a newspaper and all that, all that bullshit. Like Ed Harris and this John C. Riley lookalike mm. are right there. I just didn't know if you guys had anything on that because I couldn't find it. But I swear to God, like if I don't know, it's you'd have to watch it again. If John C. Riley had a baby, <laughs> yeah, John. and was like forty pounds lighter, that it would look this guy. Um, and then my last treasure is how Riley can't still can't drive the Ferrari at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like. Come on, man. Again, being a very smart dude, having this Ferrari for God knows how long now, still can't drive it, but... He doesn't know how to use the Prundle? I don't get it. Don't That's my trash treasure. Yeah. All right. Um, my trash, uh, Thomas Gates and his fake-ass hair at the beginning. Uh, um, when uh, Ed Harris... So, like, uh, after Nick Cage gives his presentation or whatever, you had Ed Harris and John Voight arguing about the diary after the presentation, and I'm just like, we really arguing about granddaddies from the 19th century? Like, does that shit matter now? Like, does it does it matter at all? Like, to have a heated argument 
Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And just, like, how does their great-great-grandfather being labeled uh, an assassination conspirator affect their current family name, considering they just solved, like, a great American mystery in the previous film? I don't think it's going to ruin your legacy. Like, yeah, it sucks, but it's just, like, y'all just did some really, really great exploring in the previous movie. I don't think that's going to take away from your present-day legacy. I agree. Yeah, I, I thought it was really stupid. Like Mugga said, why isn't, you know, Riley is so talented, Ben is so talented, but especially Riley. And I'm like, why isn't this dude working for like the FBI or the yeah. CIA? Like, like you wouldn't have these tax issues or worry about people hacking your accounts or whatever. Like when you're this talented, like you should, you should be like the top tech guy. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like John Travolta should be coming after you and Swordfish. Like that's, <laughs> that's how it should be. Um, and then hey, we can get- I stop you real quick though? I just feel like, um, um, what, what was your first your first trash? Oh, the, the one previous to this. Sorry. Uh, previous to this is um, no 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 the the one previous to this is just like uh, your your great great grandfather being labeled an assassination conspirator. I felt like watch when I was watching the movie, I had to remind myself that's the motivation. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that that it's was. It's so even... weak, right? Yeah, yeah. like I felt myself. I, I found myself twice googling why again are we motivated to? The, I don't know. I kept finding myself doing that. No, it's the same thing. It's just and and I wrote this like in my trash too. It's just like so at one point in the movie, um, Ed Harris says like, "Oh, this is the only way." I could get you into the game, you know what I'm saying? To get you on the hunt for this city. And I'm like, this guy does this for a living. His whole family does this for a living. You could have just asked him after the presentation, like, yo, bro, I heard about the city of Go. You want to go with me? He'd be like, yeah, let's do it. That's that's all it would take. Why do you have to press him into doing this by tarnishing his family name? That seems like a lot of work for what a phone call or an email could could help you out. I agree. I agree. Yeah, like uh, just the, the motivation behind it. And like Mugga said, like, like both of you guys said, like this whole movie is just a bunch of set pieces with yeah. script written in between to try to fit it together, and they had no idea what the hell they were doing. I, I thought it was just stupid. Um, you know, Abigail and Ben got zero chemistry, just like the last film. I thought it was stupid. And then, um, you know, obviously this is a Disney movie, so you have your Disney references like Aladdin and Nick Cage singing "I've Got a Bunch of Lovely Coconuts" like when he's in uh, Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. Where's that from? Lion King. Oh yeah, Rafiki. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, just all the shitty cameras, like for, for a movie that's heavily reliant on camera phone technology, like all these cameras suck. There's no way you could print out something high res enough to be examined with those yeah. shitty cell phone cameras, especially in 2007. I thought that was stupid whack. Um, you know, I talked about this on Eric Goes Trash with the coincidences, but this movie hinges on the fact that it just happens to be the president's birthday during all this when Nick right. Cage, yeah, when Nick Cage needs to grab the president, and the president being willing to leave his high-profile birthday party to take a walk into a hole underground, yeah, and way too much of a coincidence that the president is just like, yeah, I, I love treasure hunting. Here you go. Here's the info you need. It's just like all this movie is based on coincidence you got the secret service that's just like yeah go into that hole dude we're cool yeah we'll wait outside whatever you say secret service doesn't give a fuck about you if you're the president if you're the president and you try to dodge secret service like i remember obama did that with um seinfeld jerry seinfeld riding in uh cars with comedians yeah they just went around the yeah (laughs) yeah he's just like they won't let me drive like they won't let me drive anywhere. Like he's like, I'm the president and they won't even let me leave. We just have to drive in a circle during the whole interview. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's riding with comedians and yeah. cars. Yeah. So I'm just like, there's no way in hell Secret Service is letting you walk mm-hmm. into that hole. Um, and then you got, um, like I, I think you, uh, Jason, I think you or TJ said it, but it's just like 
could the president have just said, hey guys, sorry, I got a little carried away exploring with Nick Cage. Uh, you can let him go. He's a good guy. As opposed to, oh, well, now they're all going to come after you and I'm going to waste all the citizens' tax dollars on this wild chase when I could have just said, sorry, y'all, we got stuck behind a brick wall. No biggie. Right. You're free to go, Ben Gates. You like, could have probably yelled that through the brick wall, meet us at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, I thought that was real stupid. Just, you know, we talked about uh, Library of Congress, the fact that he's able to just you know, kind of go from Buckingham Palace and land in D.C. and also how he can just, like, go into the Library of Congress without anybody, uh, without um, any kind of tail, like, uh, federal law enforcement tail on him when they literally put an APB out on him and yeah. his whole crew after leaving the president behind. I thought that was, like, super whack. And then, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, I checked out once they got to the City of Gold. Me I was too. Like, I was like, this shit is taking way too long. I was like, this is the longest episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple I have ever seen in my life. It felt long this this time I watched it too. It felt really long, dude. That that, I, that I, whole sequence, bro. I went yeah, to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and I came out and I was like, yo, this is still going <laughs> on. I I couldn't I couldn't believe it, and um, <laughs> it, it was just stupid. And, and then couldn't believe it. We got uh, Wilkinson Ed Harris's character, and I'm just like, you were more concerned with. Getting credit for discovering this city than living yeah like you got everybody into this mess you got yourself into the position where one of you has to die and at the end of it you're just like i want credit i'm a good man and i'm just like nobody gives a fuck about you you held a knife to both of this man's parents yeah i also don't know how like that whole sequence of like nick cage is holding the gate open something happens Currents pushing people out, like that all happens in a very jumbled way that then all of a sudden Ed Harris is holding the gate open and Nick Cage is on the opposite side. You and know the what I mean? The turnstile breaks, the and little thing yeah. breaks. It's yeah. just like, it, it all happens very like oddly that I don't know like physically how does that happen? Even Ed Harris is like, the way he's approaching it too, like it take it like flips. Cause it's like, you're gonna stay here, Nick Cage, and I'm gonna go out. Right. And then it's all of a sudden it's like, well, no, I'm gonna stay and just make sure my 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 family gets credit for this discovery. And it's just like, wow, just like that, like within minutes, everything changed. I don't know. I thought it was weird. And we're supposed to—he's supposed to be redeemed at this moment. Well, yeah. I think he says Nick Cage that or Ben Gates says like, oh, we can figure this out. But he figures that as soon as he lets go of the door, I guess that it would like sweep Nick Cage out. I guess so. He was like, "I'm dead either way. Like you may as well go." Yeah. But still, you're right. He like flips flip flops in like a matter of minutes and like they literally flip positions too yeah yeah it's really weird yeah i'm just could have been yeah, a better way stuck. they could have done that I, yeah. I feel this whole movie is just stupid and like you said jay like i had to go back and like think about like how is this all connected this all started with the tarnishing of a family legacy or the attempted tarnishing of said legacy and now we're here at a city of gold what what's the correlation because we just went all around the world and I, 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 it's, you know, it's like just, it <laughs> seems, it seems so bizarre to me, especially because in the movie they they know that that Thomas Gates had referenced a treasure and that he had burned the pages to prevent that treasure from falling into the wrong hands. So why aren't they looking for that treasure? They spent the whole previous movie looking for a treasure that they heard on rumor, but this treasure, they're like, oh yeah, we know that there's another treasure out there, and that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. This this movie's probably not even about the treasure that was linked to Thomas Gates right. like yeah. whatever code book or whatever. But yeah, this movie this movie's stupid. Uh now to my uh treasure. Um 
people not recognizing Riley at the book signing and people not yeah. coming to his book signing. Uh, Riley's car getting towed. Uh, Riley getting a ticket for the remote copter. Um, oh, see, I thought that was funny too. Yeah, no, that's my because uh, Riley's treasure. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say this though: Riley is less annoying this time around. He is. He's less yeah. annoying. Than, I, I actually didn't mind him in this movie. I thought he was fine. But that first movie, he was awful. He was terrible. He looked like a bag of dicks. And then... Um, <laughs> I didn't mind him. I liked, uh, I liked Helen Mirren's character. Um, one mo- one of my favorite moments is where like uh, John Voight stands up while she's talking to like her kid, like Ben Gates, and uh, whatever her name is. And then uh, she looks right at him in the eyes, and he sits right back down. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oof. Ooh, we all been there. And then... Uh, <laughs> Then it's just like it's so relevant that we got this. We have this whole movie about like this fucking confederacy thing, which is so relevant right now. But it's just like I guess this is a trash. It's just like like this movie ceases to be about civil war, you know, and like the South and all that other shit. It's just like the movie started out that way, yeah. and this guy's a descendant of that, and he's a member of some like black market trade mercenary group or whatever they say. And at the end of the day, it's just like it ceases to be about insurrectionists. And it ends right. up being about like, oh, just name me in your bibliography. Like that's literally what the whole movie is about. He wants yeah. to be he wants to be cited in the essay. That's all he wants. Trash. Name um, me in your bibliography. Yeah, that's that's it for me. But uh, anything else before we move on to prices? No. Okay, so let's tell uh, let's tell everybody how much we would pay to watch this movie. Uh, Mugga, how much are you paying to watch National Treasure Two? I believe I gave the first one a fifteen. This is not nearly as good as the 15. I think before research, I would have given it a 10, but I think I have to give it a five after doing research. I, I don't know if I can go any higher than that. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a five. Okay, Erica, how much? Um, I'm gonna agree with Mugga. I would have given it a 10, but after watching it and actually nitpicking, I would give it a five. All right, TJ, how much are you paying? I like the first movie a whole lot more than I like this one. Uh, I think I gave the first movie a 10, so I will give this one a five. And Jason, how much are you paying? I think I'm going to go five as well. I think I remember the first time watching it, I might have been closer to a 10 just because I think I really enjoyed the first one. Um, but after rewatching the second one for like a second or third time, like I, I can't go any higher than five bucks. Yeah. Um, like this movie, like there are things that I liked about it more this time and I felt engaged during certain points of the movie more so than the first one. It's not, it's not better than the first one, but no. like I definitely feel like uh, my interest was peaked at certain points like going to Buckingham like like going worldwide like made it kind of more interesting but just like when you look at the overall plot and based on the research you guys are putting out there I'm just like what the hell is going on this is a total (laughs) franchise bait you know Riley's less annoying in this movie but like like damn that that fucking that that temple thing went on forever dude like you could have made that into the third movie and so (laughs) I'm I'm gonna give this movie a zero I'm not feeling it I don't think I ever know. Yeah, one dollar for the National Treasure no, franchise. Nah, man. Like, um, nah. Keep in mind, he actually paid money for it. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. $3.99. Yeah, I'm pissed. Like, okay, so remember the finger guns? Minus five. Yeah. Then we got whatever the hell we talked about, minus five. And then now. Yeah, you've been keeping a running tally. Yeah, this the, whole fact, time. the fact that I paid for this and it could have been free, minus five. And now, because I just didn't like it, zero. Yeah. So, <laughs> how much are we paying? Four dollars. Too much. Which is one cent over the what I actually paid for. Yeah, three ninety nine is what I had to pay. Three ninety nine for me. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, But um, would this movie be better with Tom Cruise in it? And who would he be? Can I go first? Sure. I would pick um, Ed Harris's henchman O'Shea. Oh yeah, the Galen O'Shea. Yeah, Galen O'Shea to be Tom Cruise because he's very henchman like. 
I think he could be um, the White House curator guy. Oh, Connor. The Abigail, the Abigail. Yeah, Her Connor. boyfriend yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Because yeah. that would be like a quick little cameo. Yeah. That's a good little one. doofus. I like that. Cool. I'm going to go with John Wilkes Booth. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. That's yeah. a good one. But like, quick keep it cameo. as like Tom Cruise was the one right. who <laughs> killed Lincoln. It's a quick cameo, too. What about you, Jay? That was tough. Um... Oh my god. I, I would probably say one of the henchmen too. Yeah. I don't know who else he could really be in this. I'll say, um... He could be that little kid. Yeah, he could be the little boy. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're good. Oh, that Arnie's in the cage? Oh, that's a good one. He could be the little boy. Same height. Oh my god. Yeah, tall. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we're paying, what, $4 to watch Book of Secrets. And uh, maybe if there's a part three, we'll review it. So until then, uh, this franchise is not over. But, uh... Anything else? That's it. In the words of Tom Cruise, fuck you, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening. Shit. That was that was our that was our compromise. That was our first ever compromise as roommates. He says he says that should be my rap name, and I'm just like I'll let it, I'll let it be the name of the Wi-Fi and nothing more. It's a, it's a oh, you should be Winker. Don't, shut up. Stop. Oh. Wait, do all of our names as anagrams? Yeah. See. I know, right? It's, like, it's not yeah, fun. No. It's not fun, is it? It's not, it's not, it's not as easy as Kerwin's is. It's like TJ's JT. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Testing Jim Okay, now that you did the hard one, do the others. <laughs> Jason. Jason would be Assange. 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 He's, like he's the lost, I was going to say, he's the lost Noel's sister. sister. <laughs> and Mugga would be like, a mug? Gumma. Gumma. <laughs> <laughs> Gumga. Gumga? He's like, he's like, like a Star Gumby. Wars character. <laughs> like, Gumga. Elizabeth. Oh my god. That's tough. The possibilities. So many vowels. Liza Bath. The Bliza. Bath is. Bath Lizzie. Bath. Bath is ill. Sounds like Ooh, a. Ooh, sounds like French. Sounds like a medication you take from an infomercial. Do you go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning? Oh shit, I got that. Take some bathazil. Take some bathazil. Side effects may include death. <laughs> oh shit, I knew that. That's me! Got, oh shit, I got that too. What? Bathazil. Oh, bathazil. Are, Are you sleeping? Yeah, bathazil. Your feet hurt? The eight what the fuck? Oh my god. I gotta watch, uh, I don't know. One G-Force. G-Force. We're doing G-Force.